All right. So I know there's going to be a few of you who are joining us. Um, if you're watching this uh, tomorrow or the next day or whenever, um, hope you're doing good. Hope everything's awesome. Uh, we're really excited, and I hope you guys notice we are really trying to take our time and get this live stream format set up. Um, uh, at a high quality, at a high level, so that when we communicate, you know, it's not blurry. It's not just from a cell phone. You can hear us. You can see us clearly. So um, if you guys have any questions about the live stream or have any comments or, hey, it's too quiet, it's too loud, you don't look great, whatever, um, let us know because we are really trying to do our best, not only here in Newport Ritchie, but I know it's part of Dunedin's uh, future vision as well to do these live streams uh, at a high level. So let us know how you feel about the quality and how you feel uh, about what we're doing. Um, Last week, if you guys joined us, now we're going to try to do this every week. We are in a massive um, kind of time of transition here in Newport Ritchie, St. Andrews, uh, where there um, there's ministries popping up internally left and right. So our youth group is up and running since this summer. And so Wednesday nights, that's happening. Um, and then Thursday nights coming very soon, we are going to be having our college and career group launching. Uh, so like right now, it's Thursday evening. We did our last podcast last Thursday evening. But um, when our college group starts up and running, Thursday evenings probably won't be the night anymore. So let us know in the comments if you're reading this later, um, what night you would be uh, most apt to tune into a live stream does monday night after your first uh day of work back in the work week uh, is that good friday nights does that work for you let us know what a live stream uh maybe monday or tuesday uh, let us know what night would work best for you but we are trying to be committed to doing a live stream once a week uh, if you tuned in with us last week, we had a panel here. Uh, we had Nick and Anaya, and we uh, talked about anxiety and fear, and that was really good. Um, we're also going to be using this uh, in a podcast format. So maybe you don't want to sit in front of your phone or your computer and watch the video, but maybe while you're working out, uh, you just want to hear the audio. That will be available as well, and I will post links later tonight on how you can uh, get that podcast. Um, as far as I understand right now, for you Apple users, it'll be it already the first episode last week's episode. So it is already up on iTunes uh, podcast and you can uh, tune in, listen to that now. It's called Better Conversations. So tune in and I'll, I'll put the link in the description below. But um, it's also through SoundCloud. So for those of you who don't have Apple devices, you can uh, I'll give you the link to our SoundCloud and you'll be able to listen to the podcast through there as well. So uh, all that being said. Last week we had a panel and it was really cool and we were able to uh, just talk about a lot of different things. Um, and pardon me, I'm going to be on my phone looking at comments and things all evening. Um, but last week we had a panel and we were talking about different uh, topics and things. That is the vision. That's the goal. So every week we are going to attempt to, this week obviously we weren't able to do it, but every week we are going to attempt to um, have a panel for you. Maybe have a guest speaker, maybe have another youth pastor, maybe another pastor. Maybe we'll try to get some government officials in here and things like that. Maybe a mayor, a city commissioner, so whatever we can do. We just want to open up better conversations so the church and our communities and our families and our homes aren't separated. They are one kind of thing. They are, um, we're having a better conversation so that we're better well connected and better well informed because I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, this church doesn't have all the answers. This denomination or any other denomination, nobody has all the answers. Uh, and so the best way we start finding out what truth really is and what truth really looks like is by having better conversations. So, um, hope you guys are enjoying the feed so far tonight. What I want to talk about uh, this evening 
and it probably won't go as long as last week, but what I want to talk about this evening, and I'm really hoping we have more people tuning in and asking questions, because uh, I get to talk all week, and uh, I guess I, I I would assume you guys get sick of uh, hearing me talk all the time, because I get sick of hearing myself talk all the time, uh, which is why we have panels and guest speakers and things like that, so I don't have to talk all the time, so I'm going to attempt to keep this week a little short, but I do want to talk about something that I think is important, um, and we're getting ready here to launch at St. Andrew's Newport Ritchie, and the idea comes from um, conversations we're having when we're talking about what does it mean to launch a church? What does it mean to be a good church? Um, in this community, and I know in my uh, generation, and, and just a lot of people we talk to, there is this kind of common thread of, I, I used to go to church, but, or I would really, I would go to church, but, or the church has done this for me, or this is my modern kind of concept of where church is at today, and I don't really want any part of it. And I think there's a lot of valid arguments to be made for people who are saying those things. Um, the church is not flawless, uh, and by the church, I mean the, the government of the church, the way we try to run the church, the way we try to do the rights and the wrongs and, and how things should be ran. The church isn't perfect in that aspect. Now, um, and I don't think we should be afraid to say that. Um, you know, when they talk about uh, the road to recovery, you, the, the only way you're going to be able to fix your problems is identifying you have a problem in the first place. So I think we as a church, not just this church, but all church, all denominations, I think it's time that we as a church kind of say, hey, maybe we do have some issues. Maybe sweeping it under the rug isn't the best thing to do. Maybe we need to start addressing some of these issues so that we can start getting those people back um, who should be here not just to pay their tithes and not just so we can fill seats in the pews. So we're actually creating powerful people who can change uh, their individual lives, their family lives, their workplaces, and their communities. I mean, that's the whole goal of this church here is to be able to be an impact in the individual, the family, and the community so that when we go to our 7-Elevens, when we go to our Starbucks, when we go to our Walmart, um, because this church exists in this area, and hopefully if you're watching from another church, that your church exists in your area, not just to have attendance, not just to keep your doors open for five more years, but to really and truly make an impact in the community. So all of that starts, and this is what we talk about a lot in our staff meetings, and this is what we talk about um, as far as when we're getting ready to launch this church uh, this coming year. Um, it all starts with a word that I'm sure you've heard before, and we've really been diving into lately called culture. All this starts with culture. Um, what's interesting is I think a lot of churches um, want to base church, the thing we do, right? Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, uh, events, all that stuff. We want to base what we do on maybe our programs or our production value. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having programs, right? There's nothing wrong with having small groups and youth group and college group and Sunday morning and Wednesday nights and, and trunk or treat and all that. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But if we think that's what we're all about, if we think that's what the church is, that it is just that, um, we might be a little short-sighted. And I think the church is really called, and if you go back to the book of Acts, you can see this all day. I think the church is really called to establish culture. Um, now, that's a little tricky because there are a lot of, um, and I don't want to point fingers at denominations or churches or even individual Christians, but there is a sect of Christianity out there that thinks that we must establish culture in this world, right? We have to establish culture, and the only way to do that is to attack the cultures we feel threaten the gospel. Um, if you've known me for any amount of time, uh, you'll know that that is not how I believe uh, we are supposed to be operating as a church. I'm not saying everything is... 
uh, okay, that, uh, you know, we just need to turn a blind eye to everything. There are things out there. There are, um, I mean, we can just say the word, there's sin out there that hurts people. Um, not even just that, oh, they did something bad, but we as a church need to start remembering that, okay, yes, maybe it is quote unquote bad, but at the end of the day, it's bad because it's bad for them. It's actually hurting them. Uh, and we use, um, you know, drugs and things like that as a, as a clear example of that. You're not a bad person because you're addicted to a substance. You're doing something that's harming your body. Therefore, we don't like it because it's hurting you. Much like a parent would tell their kid, don't touch a hot stove. It hurts you. It's not that uh, the church should be there just to beat people up when they make mistakes. Now, there are sects of Christianity that function that way. And I'm sure you've seen them on the street corners holding up signs and doing this and doing that. Um, and honestly, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, that's not how I believe Jesus would have, have uh, had us operate. And that's not really what we see happening in the Church of Acts, uh, which was that massive explosion in the Church of Acts uh, and, and how we had such growth in the first, second, third century. So um, all that to say, it comes back to culture. And culture has to be, in my opinion, uh, if the church is going to really turn around, if the church is going to become relevant, and by relevant, I don't mean having more lights and cool web streams uh, and awesome worship leaders and all that. Once again, nothing wrong with any of those things in and of themselves, but they cannot be the focus. They can't be the end game. The end game has to be the culture. So to have proper culture, what that means is uh, culture is just a way that we live. Uh, I, I say this all the time to our church on Sunday mornings and to our staff. Every home, if you're watching right now, you have a home life and you have a culture in your home. Maybe you have kids, maybe you're a kid, maybe you have parents. But when you go to, when you come to my house and we're going to have dinner or whatever we're going to do, we're just going to watch a basketball game or something like that. You will notice that our house has a certain way about it, um, that um, you know maybe our thermostat is on a constant temperature that your thermostat wouldn't be at. And there are reasons for that, financial and or comfortability. Um, some kids have bedtimes at you know 7 p.m. Some kids have, don't have bedtimes at all. When I was growing up, I didn't really have a bedtime. Um, and all of those things play into culture. So when you come into my house, if you spend an hour in my house, you're gonna get a general vibe of what the culture is in my family and our house. Um, are we loving? Are we accepting? Do we scream at each other? Do we, you know, all these other things. Um, do we look out for each other? Um, are we all hermits and we just kind of stay away? Or are we a family? Do we talk to each other? Do we love each other? All those things. That is a culture that you can um, look at right now. Um, we have an American culture. We all live in this country and there is a certain way about Americans that some other people and some other cultures don't like. Um, but you know, that's who we are. Um, and if you were to go to another country, pick any other country, I guarantee you the culture, even if you go to Canada or Mexico, you know, uh, two countries that border us, the cultures are just going to be different there. They have different influences. They have different dialects, the way they speak, the way they do everything. So, um, so you can see that on a national level, there's culture and a home level, there's culture. But I don't think we spend enough time talking about what is the culture of your church that you're trying to create? What is um, the thing that you are trying? trying to be who are you at the core not how cool is your worship not how many programs do you have once again nothing wrong with any of those things but at your core um, and it can't just be your pastor it can't just be your worship pastor it can't just be your children's minister it can't be your youth pastor at your core if you were to average out let's say if your church has a hundred members in it 
say you take those 100 members and you average out what the culture is in your church. You know, if, if 100 people are going to walk into Walmart uh, tomorrow and they're going to talk to 20 other people, what is the vibe that those 20 people are going to get from your 100 or 500 or 10 or whatever your church size is? What is the culture that you're bringing? Because culture... The other thing is culture doesn't really stop at your door frame, right? So um, how my wife and I are in our house with our children is one thing. But if we go out to dinner, let's say Olive Garden or something like that, we're probably going to have dinner very much in the same way we would have dinner at the house because we carry our culture with us. We don't just say, okay, we walked out our front door. We're different people now. Um, and I hope you see where I'm going with this. A lot of uh, Christianity is kind of like that, right? We check in on Sunday mornings or we check into small group and all this. And it's hallelujah, amen, we love Jesus. But when we walk out the doors, when Monday rolls around, when Thursday or Friday rolls around, are we carrying the same culture that we claim to have in our churches? Um, and I think if churches are intentional about really establishing what is our culture, it's going to be very difficult for a church member, a congregant, to take that with them because it's kind of up in the air. It's kind of the guess. So for most people, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, and by the way, anybody who wants to comment on this live feed, um, anybody who wants to kind of jump in in this conversation, please, I'm looking at the messages. Feel free to jump in, ask questions as I go. Um, but so you carry that culture with you. Uh, you you're going to take that, um, you know, to your workplace. You're going to take that wherever. Now, what I find a lot of church people say is, um, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to invite, uh, you know, John Doe to my church. And so John Doe's like, oh, tell me about your church. What's your church all about? And what I find normally happens is, oh, well, um, our Sunday mornings are really cool. Um, our worship style is this uh, as opposed to this. Um, we have youth group on Wednesday nights. We have college on Thursday nights. And we have these events. And, and a lot of times the things we're giving away to people at first glance about our church are um, the things we do, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that because churches should be doing things. That's a part of who we are. But I wonder how the conversation would turn if the majority of Christians started saying, hey, you need to come to my church um, or I would love for you to come check us out because this is who we are. I think it's a much different conversation when we're talking about church, when we're talking about culture. Um, selling what you do and how you do things is one thing, and there's nothing wrong with the things you do, but selling who you are is a totally different, uh, it's just a whole new ball game because I believe a person could come to your church and be excited about the things that you do, the types of ministry you do, the type of worship, how your pastor delivers his sermons and, and all that. And I think that's fine. And I think someone might be attracted to that, but they could equally be turned off by the culture of your church. For instance, and, and I'm just being hypothetical here, if the culture of your church is, hey, we have all these programs, but when you walk in our door, you don't feel invited, you don't feel welcomed, you just kind of feel like you're, um, you know, you just walked into a, a company or a business and somebody might say, hey, shake your hand, whatever, but you might spend an hour there, walk in, praise Jesus, hallelujah, amen, hear a good word and walk out. And you didn't feel like anyone really took the time to care about you. Now, for those of you in church ministry, we have greeting teams and we have all of that. And every pastor will tell you, um, most churches go out of their way to make sure people feel welcome. However, if in this hypothetical um, scenario, that person was pumped to come to your church because you had all these programs, you had the lights, you had the sound, you had everything on paper that they want, but the culture wasn't something they connected with. There's a high chance that those people won't want to come back. 
but let's talk about the opposite. What happens when you have a church and your pitch to John Doe was, hey, come check out my church. The people are really loving here. We're all about getting healthy and being whole and having better relationships and having better families, learning who this guy Jesus is more, learning how he feels about us, and then taking that into the world and just loving people better. If that's attractive to someone, and that's the thing that kind of pulls them in to check your church out from the very first time, what's interesting is, what I what I find is, if someone's attracted to the culture or connects with the culture at your church, but yet maybe you don't have the programs they like. Maybe you don't do worship in the style that they maybe would prefer. What I find is culture trumps the stuff we do all the time because people will stick around for culture. People will stick around when it feels like home. People won't always necessarily stick around because of the things you do or the type of programs you have. And uh, I mean, there's a kind of a phrase out there and I really hate the phrase, but um, there's a phrase out there uh, called church hopping, right? Like Christians will say, well, those people are church hoppers. They were at this church for two months and they didn't like what was going on there. And then uh, they went to this other church for a few months and then they didn't like it. Now I think they're at this other place across town. And we've all heard that story, right? We've heard the expression church hopper. Um, typically what's happening there, and, and I can't speak for every single case, but from my experience, typically people who are labeled church hoppers just haven't found a, con- uh, a culture they can connect with yet. That's important because we spend so much time, effort, money, and resources as a church, not this church, I'm talking about the overall church. We spend so much time brain power, manpower, money on building programs, building awesome worship displays or uh, doing awesome events like Trunk or Treat and all that. And all that's fine, but we spend so much time and energy in doing that. But I think a lot of times culture takes a back seat. And so it's very easy for someone to walk into your church and not be pumped about what you're doing, not because you didn't take the time and money to invest in all these programs, but because maybe you didn't invest the time in thinking about and equipping leaders to carry your culture. Um, And I think that's super important, carrying your culture. Um, For those of you who have kids or are planning on having kids, uh, Kristen, Lexi, hey, how are you doing? Uh, For those of you, uh, and I'm thinking of Lexi because I just saw she tuned in, uh, she's pregnant, she's gonna have a baby right around Christmas. Um, And what's awesome is that uh, you will learn as you have that child and six months goes and a year goes down the road, your child will start to act like you and it will start to think like you and uh, and its father and, and its mother. And that's how childhood works, right? They grow up to be little versions of their parents and everybody kind of has their own personality, but a lot is to be said about what parents bring to the table. I think it's the same thing. And especially when we're talking about quote unquote new Christians or baby Christians, uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of that phrase, when they come in, uh, and I think it was Randall Worley, and anybody can check on this, and, and I might have, uh, and in fact, I think I was actually sitting in this um, church when he did this message. He was talking about how um, Jesus talks about we have to be born again, right? We got to be born again. So the big question Randall Worley was asking in the sermon, which was awesome, and if I ever find the link to it, I will, I'll put it in these comments and I'll send it to you guys. The big question Randall Worley was asking is, Jesus says we have to be born again. Great. Most of us understand that concept. But the question is, what are we being born into when we bring a baby Christian into our church? Um, and, And I don't even like using that word, but a new Christian, a new believer. What are they being born into? And I think that's a fair question because I think the general assumption is when someone gives their life to Christ and they they come to Jesus, I think their motivations can be one million percent uh, pure, perfect. And I don't... um, 
have any issue with that concept of bringing in people, uh, people getting saved, finding salvation, giving their life to Jesus. All that is phenomenal, awesome. But the question is, and I think churches really got to start asking this question, what are these people being born into? Are they being born into just a systematic approach, a religion? Are they being born into a hype culture of lights and professionalism and production? Or are they being born into a culture when they walk outside, when they leave their dad's house, when they walk out into their workplace, when they do all these things, are they, are they being born into a culture? And our church is creating a culture inside churches that says, when you leave daddy's house, you still look like dad. You still look like mom. You still look like family. Or are a lot of new Christians being born into a culture that says, um, we are what we do. We are... Um, the programs and the lights. And, and I'm going to keep saying this because I'm not beating up churches um, whatsoever that have awesome things. Awesome. I wish we had more awesome things. And we still, we have really nice things and we're trying to do things like this live stream. It's not about the doing. It's if the being takes a back seat to the doing. And there, obviously there's a lot of spiritual implications to that as well. Um, so we talk about culture and the reason I really wanted to bring that up tonight uh, and just kind of lay a ground foundation of what is culture? What does it mean for a church to have a culture? What does it mean for a family and an individual to have a culture? Um, and and let, me, let me stop and pause for a second. Not all culture is good, right? Like there are homes um, and maybe you know people like this. Maybe there are marriages, maybe there are parents and there, there are homes that have abusive cultures in their home, whether it's verbal, whether it's physical. And that is a type of culture. It's a fear-based, anger-based culture. Um, and so just having culture isn't necessarily the thing to uh, subscribe to. The idea is having good culture, having kingdom culture, if you will, having the culture that Jesus would be spreading right now or that Paul was talking about. Um, so the reason we're talking about this is because on the 18th uh, of November, we've kind of set this block of time aside. Uh, for those of you watching, um, our um, soon-to-be college and career uh, minister, uh, director, he's actually going to be speaking this Sunday at 11 a.m. at church. If you guys want to come out, come check him out. But the following Sunday, the 18th, uh, we are doing, we are kicking off, and I'm not going to give away too much about it because I really want to kind of um, make it a big deal that Sunday morning. We're talking about culture on the 18th, and we're actually going to be announcing a whole new thing that we're doing here at the church, and we think it's going to be a big deal. But Sunday morning on the 18th at 11 a.m., we're here, and we're going to be talking about culture. And there's going to be a big launch to that, and there's going to be a big idea to that that hopefully people um, will kind of sink their teeth into and think about a little bit more. So we'll be live streaming that service as well if you guys want to tune in uh, at 11 uh, in two Sundays from now. And all of our Sunday morning services at 11 are live streamed, so you can catch it there. But um, what we've talked about here at this church, and, and I don't know how long we're going to go tonight, um, but what we've talked about here at this church is um, just keeping our doors open for 10 more years. That can't be the overall goal, right? That can't be the thing that's like, this is what we are. We are just a church that's going to be stuck in financial survival mode, and we're going to point everything and put all our, all our eggs in the basket of how do we survive financially. That's a challenge churches all over America are trying to answer the question right now, how do you survive? How do we keep our doors open when attendance of churches across the board dipping? 
it's it's declining. How do we financially stay afloat? Um, and so there is a challenge and there is an expectation of if you are a house of worship um, to keep your doors open so people can continue to worship. Um, but what we've talked about here at this church is we have no idea what God has uh, for us in the future as far as this ministry uh, and all that. But what we do know is that we were called to this community, to this church, to create culture. That's what we believe we're here for. We're going to do events. We're going to do uh, a big Christmas party for children this year. We're, we did Trunk or Treat just a few weeks ago. Uh, we did a big, um, I don't even know what we called it. We did a big community event in July, um, and we're feeding people, and we're loving people, and we're meeting people, and we're doing all these things, and we're, we're focused on getting our worship program up and running, and we're focused on launching early next year, and, and all these things. But at the end of the day, when we sit in our staff meetings, when we talk here uh, at church, whether we're having coffee or it's from the pulpit, whoever's speaking, we are dedicated to creating culture and creating a culture that we believe, I don't know if I can go as far to say doesn't exist, but creating a culture that we believe um, has taken a backseat for a long time. The goal is, and we'll talk about more, uh, we'll talk about this more on Sunday morning. The goal is when you walk into our church on a Sunday morning, we hope that this place, this building, this church, St. Andrews, Newport Ritchie, and I'm assuming um, that Dunedin would echo the same sentiment. We hope that when you walk into our church, that you are pleased with the things that we do. We hope that the worship is stylistically what you like. We hope that the lighting and the, the, the times we do service and our youth programs and our children program, we hope you enjoy all of that. But what we hope more is that you connect with a culture that is just totally built about built on the foundation of loving Jesus, understanding how much he loves us, so then we can turn that and love people better. That's the culture we're trying to create. Now, it's a lot more in depth than that, and we can go into it a little bit later. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a culture um, of people that it doesn't matter if they attend this church. It doesn't matter, and I use this all the time, it doesn't matter if they're here for six months, grab the culture and move to Alaska or Timbuktu or wherever they go. They take that culture with them. Not the culture of, oh, St. Andrews, Newport Ritchie, look at us, look how cool we are, look at our church. That's not what I'm saying. And I hope that when, if and when people like that do leave and they go out, they have nothing but good things to say about us and the culture we're bringing. But at the end of the day, what we're really hoping is that they take kingdom culture with us. So if they step into communities, if they step into workplaces, maybe even other churches that are lacking in culture, they've been equipped and they've realized that culture is such a massive shifting thing. Uh, and I believe that's why Jesus traveled around with 12 guys. It would have been very easy and not outside of Jesus's capability or power to travel alone, right? Think about this. Jesus could have done everything he did alone. The miracles, uh, the cross, everything he could have done alone, but he chose to do it with a group of 12 guys and then uh, the people that would have surrounded them. Um, he chose to do it in a culture. He chose to travel around with a bunch of guys who didn't know everything, who didn't have it all together. But if you watch the scriptures when Jesus is talking to the disciples, in my opinion, uh, I believe that Jesus was walking around with 12 guys, not because he needed them, not because uh, he needed somebody to carry his backpack or he needed somebody to build a tent for him when he went to bed. I don't believe Jesus needed those guys practically at all. I believe Jesus was so dedicated to the concept of building a culture that could last 
even if he left. And, and I do believe he knew he was leaving. So I think Jesus creates a culture of 12 guys, then it gets reduced back down to 11, and then it grows. After Jesus is gone and he ascends, uh, then it's up to those guys, those disciples that he had been traveling around with for roughly three years to go out into the world and take the culture that Jesus had been establishing with them for almost three years inside of their tight-knit little group of people, their family, take that culture and give it to the world. And that's what we see. In my opinion, yes, we see miracles and we see all this stuff happening in the book of Acts, but what I believe we really see is Jesus' culture being launched out into the world and it was so infectious and it was so hard to deny that people were getting saved, people were being converted to Christianity. I mean, we know what the book of Acts looks like. And I believe all of that comes back down to a culture that Jesus started with 12 guys and then it went out into the rest of the world. Uh, we could talk about that, uh, like I said, a lot more. And we're already at 28 minutes here. So what I will say is... Um, I'll try to close up here in the next few minutes unless uh, we get a little more chatter um, on the, the live stream. Um, and if you guys have any questions or anything like that, feel free to shoot them at me. But I'll just kind of end with these closing thoughts. We'll just make this a quick 30, 35 minute video. I believe, and I believe I speak for all the leadership here at St. Andrews Newport Ritchie, um, that we are committed to creating a culture that changes lives, that transforms lives. And honestly, that's our whole goal. Our whole goal is not to just have a bunch of attendees, to have these awesome programs, um, to do all these cool events. And that's not the goal here. And if we do all those things, great. But we'll never search out those things and seek those things over what we believe um, Jesus has, what the Father has for this house and this community of the culture we believe we were sent here to establish. I'm not from Pasco. I'm not from Newport Ritchie. My wife and I are, she's actually originally from Michigan and then we got married and she moved down here and we uh, are mostly from Lakeland. So now we're coming to Pasco, we're coming to Newport Ritchie and we are experiencing the culture of Newport Ritchie and the culture of Pasco and we are saying, hey, um, people tell us all over the community, this place needs help. Um, this place needs a shift. This place needs, a, and I guess a lot of Christians would use the word revival, and, and we can put whatever language you want to on that. But I don't know that we need all that. What I, what I do believe we need, and what this church is committed to, is creating a culture that transforms the individual, that transforms the home, the family, and that transforms the community. If we do those two things, or I'm sorry, those three things, and we do those things well, I don't think it's gonna matter if we got 80 lights in here or five. I don't think it's gonna matter. I don't think it's gonna matter if we got 20 people on our worship platform worshiping on a Sunday morning or we got two. Honestly, I do not think any of that matters. It all pales in comparison to actually giving away a culture that transforms lives. And I'll just kind of end with this thought. Please don't hear me of saying that we have all the answers. We don't. We are off the roadmap. We're doing something we don't even see other churches trying to model right now. And that's scary for us because, you know, there's a lot of big question marks that come with that. Um, and please don't think that uh, we think that we are uh, any better than any other church or any other ministry or anything like that. Um, and don't think that we're uh, prideful in saying that we have the ability to transform people and transform a lot. No, 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 no. It's Jesus inside of us that is just honestly breaking our hearts for a community around us. And we want to take that heartbreak. We want to take um, all the just the nasty stuff that's happening in this area that everyone who is familiar with Pasco and Newport Ritchie, take all that heartbreak and 
flip it and turn it into love and turn it into compassion. We don't have all the answers. We probably never will have all the answers, but the one thing we are dedicated to doing is just loving people back into this kingdom and then building those people up to be powerful, effective people. Um, and that's how we transform community. So like I said, we could have a lot more longer conversations about that. Um, there, I plan on bringing in a few pastors and things like that. I've talked to Pastor John from the Dunedin campus. Uh, him and I are going to do one of these shortly. Uh, we can make our schedules sync up. But tonight, though, the one thing I wanted to communicate is that we here at St. Andrew's Newport Ritchie, we are committed uh, to creating culture. That's it. We don't know anything else. That is our number one goal now is just creating culture. That's all we want to do is just create a culture of people who love people better because we believe um, that that's how you change community. Uh, and so I'll throw the graphic up here on the screen. Um, we're not really ready to announce what this is until the 18th, but um, basically what you're going to see is um, we're, we're going to logo this. We're going to brand this. You're going to see a whole new branding from us called C3. Um, sorry, my computer's acting a little funny right now, but um, November 18th at 11 a.m. If you come out to our service or you check us out on the live stream, uh, we will be doing what's called C3 Sunday, and that's what it's going to be all about. It is going to be uh, letting you know what C3 is, why we're so excited about it. Here we go. I think I just got the uh, the logo up on the screen. It should be popping up. Yep. Uh, so we are going to be, you're going to see that branding a lot more. We are St. Andrews, Newport Ritchie, but we are committed to C3, uh, and we're not ready to tell you what C3 is yet, but uh, like I said, November 18th, uh, 11 a.m. Tune in with us or feel free to come out uh, here in Newport Ritchie. And uh, we're really, really excited and we're really pumped and we have no idea what God is doing, but we believe fully that we are called here and that we are ready. We're ready to dive in. We've been building a foundation now since February, getting ready to launch this church. We've been building a foundation of leaders um, who are honestly just dedicated to loving people. That's it. We don't have any other answers. We're not better than any other church at anything. In fact, I would argue that most churches are better than most things than us. Uh, but what we want to what we want to major on is loving people and creating culture. So uh, I hope this live stream is good for you guys. Um, we will pop this podcast up for you. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, I hope this um, just starts to get some gears turning in your brain, uh, starts to get you thinking about what does it mean to have a church? Why do I even go to church? What is the point of church? What is the uh, the effect of church it should have in an individual's life, in a family's life, in a community's life? What is church actually for? Why do we even do this thing? Why do we get up early on our day off just to go uh, to a building and listen to some guy in a suit, uh, you know, teach us or listen to some uh, kid in skinny jeans sing for us. Why do we do these things? Uh, and I think these are questions worth asking because I don't think um, they're dead in roads. I don't think it's uh, just a silly question to ask. I think what we're really going to get down to, and I think what the, uh, at least the United States overall church, regardless of the denomination, really needs to start thinking about is what does church mean today? In 2018, about to be 2019, what does church mean for our community, for our families, and for our individuals? Um, how do we stop just running through the motions? And how do we create a culture that's actually going to impact people? Um, so that's all we got for you guys tonight. I am super pumped about what's coming. I am super pumped about uh, just everything that's happening here at St. Andrews. I hope you guys are having a great evening. Uh, if you're watching this later after the stream, let us know how you felt about the stream. Is the 
quality okay? Uh, do you like what we're talking about? Do you have some topics you'd like us to address in the future? Uh, what evenings would you like to see us do these live uh, podcasts or these live streams? We are going to try to do them once a week. So um, feel free to comment. We love talking to people. We love interacting to people. So just let us know uh, all your thoughts and feel free to just comment uh, on what we talked about tonight. And uh, thank you guys t- for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you Sunday morning and we'll see you next week. <laughs>